Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Monday, December 11th. Happy International Mountain Day, which the UN created to raise awareness of mountains. Nah, really. Sounds like a scam to me. It ain't like mountains are easy to miss. Darn, 22% of Earth is mountains. About a billion people live on or next to one. I mean, I didn't. I grew up in Florida, which, beautiful place that it is, ain't exactly known for its mountains. Swamps, yes. Deep sea fishing, for sure. Crazy people, 100%. Mountains, not so much. I never even saw one till I was in my 20s and drove up north with a squall. And I'm on level with you. Mountains weird me out. They're beautiful and all, but I get the same feeling from them that I get being in big cities with really tall buildings. But even if you ain't somebody that's gotta climb real mountains every day, there's plenty of other kind of mountains to go around, like addiction or pride or doubting God, that's a big one. Certainly the devil puts mountains in our way, and I've got myself trapped on top of plenty of them. But I also think God will put adversities in your way too, or at least let them happen. Maybe to teach you a lesson, or maybe so he can rescue you and show you his glory, or maybe to stretch you out and make you into something better that he can use. Maybe that's why today is also National Stretching Day. It ain't why, but my calendar gag, my rules. Darn, James starts out his letter by saying, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. In the Greek, that's big old problems. And he goes on about it for the whole first chapter. And it's good to stretch your thinking when it comes to scripture. Analyze and assess some different viewpoints once in a while, like the Bereans. And don't get too married to one particular interpretation, or you risk missing out on the Lord when he does show up. That's what happened to the Jews with Jesus. Our reading for today is Amos 4, 1 through 6, 14, Revelation 2, 18 through 3, 6, Psalm 130, 1 through 8, and Proverbs 29, 21 and 22. So if y'all are ready, you want a wheelbarrow load of solid life advice? That James is five chapters of pure gold. It might be my new favorite book. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, yesterday on December 10th in the Old Testament, we read Amos 1-1 through 3-15. We started another book. And basically, Amos was just some dude who lived outside of Jerusalem. He was a grower of sycamore figs as well as a shepherd somewhere around 750 BC. He never claims to be a prophet. And that just goes to show you, you don't have to be a prophet to speak prophecy. And he uses the phrase for three transgressions and for four over and over again, which is just a way of emphasizing how bad these people are that are about to get punished with fire. And he lists a bunch of tribes and cities that are about to get punished with fire, mostly for having to do with helping put the Jews into captivity. And in chapter 2, he brings up Judah, who's also getting punished, not for captivity-related stuff, but for cheating people and oppressing the poor. And in chapter 3, it's Israel's turn to get punished. He says, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. So y'all are getting captivity. Amos is older, but contemporary with Hosea, and they both warn the northern kingdom. Amos is from Judah, the southern kingdom, but he gives the message to Israel in the northern kingdom, and that's the kingdom that goes into captivity first. Haley's Bible handbook even speculated that as a boy, Amos could have known Jonah and Elisha. And then in the New Testament, we read Revelation 2, 1 through 17. 
and I dug up this other hard drive that I got, and I copied Chuck Mistler's study on Revelation to my phone so I could listen to it at work, and his study is like drinking from a fire hose, especially compared to this piddly little eyedropper that I'm feeding y'all with, and I highly recommend Mistler's stuff if you want to learn more than you ever thought there was to know, but hey, I'm doing the best I can with what I got. So, in chapter 1, Jesus told John to write the things which thou hast seen, which is the vision of the Christ in chapter 1, with the hair as white as wool and all that, and the things which are, which is the seven churches, chapters 2 and 3, what we're reading now, and the things which shall be hereafter, which is a whole lot of prophecy. So, the first thing he wants him to do is write seven letters to seven churches, the ones at Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So why them? Why not the church at Rome or Jerusalem? I mean, there were hundreds of churches. Why pick these seven? Well, what most people say is that these are meant to illustrate problems believers struggle with, and that's probably true. But because of what Jesus says about them, and especially because of the order they're in, some folks think this is prophecy of what happens to the church during the church age. And we'll get to that. But the next thing to notice is the seven design elements in each of the letters. In each letter to each church, he first gives the name of the church, the title Christ gives himself, the commendation, what y'all are doing right, the concern, what y'all are doing wrong, the exhortation, what y'all got to do, a promise to the overcomer, which is the guy that does what he tells them, and then he ends each one with the statement, he that hath an ear, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So notice we got seven letters, seven churches, seven parts of each letter. And you're going to find that there's tons of sevens in this book because seven is the number of God's completion and the book of Revelation brings to completion everything he started in Genesis. And the first letter is to the church at Ephesus. And the Lord's title is, He that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. And notice how he holds the spirit of the churches in his hand, yet he also walks among them. That's interesting. The commendation is, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. And for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. So y'all are all doing a real good job at getting rid of the false teaching. But nevertheless, I've got this concern, because thou hast left thy first love. He's saying you're losing sight of what's important, kind of like Martha did. You're so busy with the business of the king, you forgot the king. Now, there's nothing wrong with Mary or Martha. Jesus wants both Marys and Marthas in his church, but there's a proper time for everything. And his exhortation is, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy lampstand out of his place. But he talks him up one more time and says, But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deed of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So who are they? Well, either they're a first century sect claiming they have some kind of apostolic authority for their own opinions, or that's an untranslated word, which would be Nikeo, which means to conquer, overcome, and rule, and Laos, which means laity, which is just people. It's where we get the word layman from. And the idea is people in the church who use their position to rule over others are the Nicolaitans. But verse 7, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. There's that phrase. If you have an ear, then you're obliged to listen up. And not just what he says to you, but what the Spirit says to the churches, to the churches. All seven letters were for all seven churches. 
and you and me too. And the promise is, to him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And the meaning of the word Ephesus is the desired one. The closest in English we have would be darling. It's Jesus' favorite, the first apostolic church that was closest to him, and really working hard to win souls and plant churches, which is what an apostle does. So then we got the letter to the church at Smyrna. And the name Smyrna comes from the Greek word Smyrna, obviously, (laughs) which is from the Hebrew root that is translated myrrh, which is a spice used in embalming. So there's a strong connection with this church to death. That's why the Magi brought myrrh to Jesus when he was born. The gold they brought symbolized his kingship, the frankincense was for his priesthood, and the myrrh was for his sacrifice on the cross. And interestingly, in Jesus' second coming, mentioned in Isaiah 60 verse 6, gold and frankincense are offered, but not myrrh, because he can't die again. And it was actually John who appointed the bishop at Smyrna, who was burned at the stake for not renouncing Jesus, like still happens all over the world right now. And the title Christ chose for himself is the first and the last, which was dead and is alive, which is provocative. And the commendation, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And he doesn't mean the great tribulation, that's coming. He just means regular tribulation and persecution. And thou art rich. They're doing better than they think they are. And I know the blasphemy of them, which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. The Jews and Romans were persecuting and killing Christians hardcore by this time. And John was actually in prison when he wrote this. But the Jews he held responsible, because they should have known better. And the exhortation and promise, he says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. But be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. And notice that there's no criticism in this letter. The Lord has no word of complaint. And this is the only one. And there's a couple that he has nothing good to say about. But he says tribulation ten days. And that might just be a colloquial saying, meaning a short time. Or that might refer to the next ten emperors, from Nero, who executed Peter and Paul, all the way 250 years out to Diocletian, who was the worst out of all of them, who, when he retired after some palace intrigue, Constantine took over. And Constantine was who stopped the persecution of the Christians. So each one of the ten had their day, in other words. And the promise to the overcomer is, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. In other words, born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. And prophetically, Smyrna represents the persecuted church. So we have the first apostolic church, and then we have the persecution. And verse 12, we write to the church at Pergamos. And his title that he chooses for himself is, He which hath the sharp sword with two edges. He who has the logos word, in other words. And the word Pergamos is two words. The first one is per, which means mixed or objectionable. It's where we get the word pervert from. And gamos, which is marriage. It's the same root we get monogamy, or bigamy, polygamy, gamos. And it implies being married to the wrong God, basically. And the commendation is, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. And Antipas, or Antipas, he was martyred by being shut up in a red-hot brazen bull and cooked alive. So, that sounds like a place Satan would love, right down to the name of it. But I have a few things against thee. 
because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. So they're allowing pride and false teaching into the church. And remember, Balaam was the guy who couldn't curse the Jews, but told Balak how to defeat them by sending in the women to get them to worship false gods. Again, bad marriage. So the promise to the overcomer, he that hath an ear, let him hear, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And a white stone with your name on it was a Roman custom. It was kind of like a ticket into something. If you had a white stone with your name on it, you were allowed entry. And manna is the bread of life from the Exodus. And that was a type of Christ. And here, it's the literal Christ. You don't literally eat him, though. That part's metaphor. And prophetically, Pergamus represents the spiritual compromise, like what happened when Constantine took over, when he mixed all the pagan holidays in with Christianity. But get rid of that, and you get a new name, instead of being called Compromiser. And that's where we stop reading. So, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I've approached each letter to these churches like this. How did Jesus describe himself? What what attribute? What are the pros, the cons, the remedy, and the reward? That's how I broke them out. For instance, he holds all the angels and all the churches. And the message here to me is, you should love me. You know, we, what you serve is in my hand. And the pros for the church of Ephesus is perseverance, endurance, not growing weary, testing self-proclaimed apostles. I mean, those are, that's, that's pretty good stuff. But the con is, you don't love me anymore. I'm not your first love. I'm not your best love. And the remedy? Remember, repent, and do behave like you did in the beginning of our relationship. And the reward is to eat of the tree of life in the paradise of God, no longer consuming good and evil in the earth. And likewise, you know, he's the first and the last, was dead and came to life. I overcame, you can too, Smyrna. And the pros, you are rich, even though you're in tribulation and poverty. They were dealing with fear, so that's definitely a con. But Jesus said, don't fear what you're about to suffer. I was dead and I came to life. I overcame and so can you. It's a limited time period. Be faithful to the end. And the reward here is the crown of life and not hurt by the second death. But I like to outline them all side by side and and run through who he is, who he's telling us he is, and why he's telling us this attribute about him and what we, we need to change and how to change it. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 129, 1 through 8, and that's a song of degrees. It says, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. The plowers plowed upon my backs. They made long their furrows, which sounds horrible. But the Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Amen. Essentially, all this hostility against little Israel from the beginning. And yet, verse 2, their enemies have not prevailed against them. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 29, 19, and 20. 19 says, A servant will not be corrected by words, for though he understand, he will not answer. Which seems like an argument against slavery to me. Yeah, um, a servant needs more than words to be instructed, because he won't answer. He won't ask questions. And then verse 20 says, Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. 
And it's not really obvious, but what he's saying is some elitist types who either think they're smart and ain't, or are smart and just too smart to ever be wrong about anything, there's less hope for them than for a fool who knows he's a fool. And I met a ton of those people in mental health that were too smart for their own good. Likewise, I worked with some people with MR, with mental retardation, and they lived just fine on their own. So, there's more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. Lots of talking increases the odds of sinning with our tongue. Words matter. We will answer for them. And we will eat them. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 11th is Amos 4.1-6.14. through 6.14. Hear this word, ye kind of Bashan, that are in the mountain of Samaria, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their masters, Bring, and let us drink. The Lord God hath sworn by his holiness that, lo, the days shall come upon you, that he will take you away with hooks, and your posterity with fish hooks. And ye shall go out at the breaches, every cow at that which is before her. And ye shall cast them into the palace, saith the Lord. Come to Bethel and transgress. At Gilgal multiply transgression, and bring your sacrifices every morning, and your tithes after three years. And offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven, and proclaim and publish the free offerings. For this liketh you, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord God. And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities, and want of bread in all your places. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. And also I have withholden the rain from you, when there were yet three months to the harvest. And I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have smitten you with blasting and mildew. When your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased, the palmer worm devoured them. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword, and have taken away your horses, and have made the stink of your camps to come up unto your nostrils. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. And because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. For lo, he that formeth the mountains, and createth the wind, and declareth unto man what is his thought, that maketh the morning darkness, and treadeth upon the high places of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. Chapter 5 Hear ye this word which I take up against you, even a lamentation, O house of Israel. The virgin of Israel is fallen, she shall no more rise. She is forsaken upon her land. There is none to raise her up. For thus saith the Lord God, The city that went out by a thousand shall leave an hundred, and that which went forth by an hundred shall leave ten to the house of Israel. For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to naught. Seek the Lord, and ye shall live lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph, and devour it, and there be none to quench it in Bethel. Ye who turn judgment to wormwood, and leave off righteousness in the earth, seek him that maketh the seven stars and Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into the morning, and maketh the day dark with night, 
that calleth for the waters of the sea, and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name, that strengtheneth the spoiled against the strong, so that the spoiled shall come against the fortress. They hate him that rebuketh in the gate, and they abhor him that speaketh uprightly. For as much, therefore, as your treading is upon the poor, and ye take from him burdens of wheat, ye have built houses of hewn stone, but ye shall not dwell in them. Ye have planted pleasant vineyards, but ye shall not drink wine of them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just, they take a bribe, and they turn aside the poor in the gate from their right. Therefore the prudent shall keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil that ye may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. Therefore the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord, saith thus, Wailing shall be in all streets, and they shall say in all the highways, Alas, alas! And they shall call the husbandmen to mourning, and such as are skillful of lamentation to wailing. And in all vineyards shall be wailing. For I will pass through thee, saith the Lord. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. If a man did flee from a lion, and a bear met him, or went into the house, and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him, shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. But let judgment run down as waters, and righteousness as a mighty stream. Have ye offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? But ye have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and Chian your images, the star of your God, which ye made to yourselves. Therefore will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Chapter 6 Woe to them that are at ease in Zion, and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. Pass ye unto Calneh, and see, and from thence go ye to Hamath the great. Then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Be they better than those kingdoms, or their border greater than your border? Ye that put far away the evil day, and cause the seat of violence to come near, that lie upon beds of ivory, and stretch themselves upon their couches, and eat the lambs out of the flock, and the calves out of the midst of the stall, that chant to the sound of the vial, and invent to themselves instruments of music, like David, that drink wine in bowls, and anoint themselves with the chief ointments. But they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Therefore now shall they go captive with the first that go captive, and the banquet of them that stretch themselves shall be removed. The Lord God hath sworn by himself, saith the Lord God of hosts, I abhor the excellency of Jacob, and hate his palaces. Therefore will I deliver up the city with all that is therein, and it shall come to pass, if there remain ten men in one house, that they shall die, and a man's uncle shall take him up, and he that burneth him, to bring out the bones of the house, and shall say unto him that is by the sides of the house, Is there yet any with thee? And he shall say, No. Then shall he say, Hold thy tongue, for we may not make mention of the name of the Lord. For behold, the Lord commandeth, and he will smite the great house with breaches, and the little house with clefts. Shall horses run upon the rock? Will one plow there with oxen? For ye have turned judgment into gall, and the fruit of righteousness into hemlock. Ye which rejoice in a thing of naught, 
which say, Have we not taken to us horns by our own strength? But behold, I will raise up against you a nation, O house of Israel, saith the Lord God of hosts. And they shall afflict you from the entering in of Hemath unto the river of the wilderness. Our reading in the New Testament for December 11th is Revelation 2.18-3.6. through 3, 6. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you, I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Chapter 3 And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works that thou hast a name that thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received, and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father, and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And our reading in Psalms for December 11th is Psalm 130, 1-8. A Song of Degrees Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say, more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. And our reading in Proverbs for December 11th is Proverbs 29, 21, and 22. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become his son at the length. An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. And that's got it for the 11th. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Now, we just read the seven letters to the seven churches in Revelation, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've been waiting all year to do a week on that. 
So today's prayer is on Revelation 2.1, which says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on being like the Ephesians, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, help us to be like your darling Ephesian church, with you walking among us and holding us in your hand. Help us in our works that we may labor with patience, that we may not bear them that say they are apostles but are evil liars, that use your name to usurp authority. You are our first love, Lord. Help us to carry your name and never wander off. We repent of our failures and thank you for the coming promise of the tree of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. You'll get censored by the app companies. You'll get censored by the app companies to one degree or another. You'll get shadow banned. You'll get banned by the app. You'll get banned by the app companies. Wow, this is hard.